Dawn and Steve are joined by Melissa Hannigan to talk about inconvenient parenting. How do we activate our child's God-given traits? Any ideas? Then join the conversation. 800-555-7898. It's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Oh, sorry. I was so excited to start the conversation. Just going to jump right over you. Jet lagged and excited. (laughs) I guess I can pay attention to cues. Speaking my language right here, Melissa, as we think about inconvenient parenting, because hopping into this world is nothing short of life altering. When you had your first child, is that when you started thinking about something like inconvenient parenting? Um, when I had my first child, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was figuring it out as I went. It was probably not till my second that I started realizing that all the books that I had read and the perfection and the anxiety that I placed on myself was unnecessary. And so really that's when I started seeking the Lord and the inconvenient parenting thing kind of has slowly trickled over the years. And by baby number four, I really felt the inconvenience of parenting. Well, I think every parent, you know, kind of shares that. I don't know what I'm doing as we get going. And then we realize as they are so dependent upon us that life is Boy, not what we thought it was necessarily going to be. So, so very different. But as you think about inconvenient parenting, for the sake of this conversation, what do you mean? What are you referring to? That's a great question. Actually, when I was writing this book, um, I had been introduced to these 12 genius qualities. And so I was 2020, I was um, home stuck with my kids, and I was looking for fresh ideas of what to do to kind of bring some inspiration in. So I got these 12 qualities that I started to infuse into our home, really realized that I was saying yes to a lot more messes, a lot more experiences, a lot more inconveniences. And it was my husband, John, that really helped me nail down the title of this book. In a conversation in the car one day, we were talking and he said, you know, I realize it it matters and it's important, but man, is it inconvenient. And he was like, you're right. So really the idea of inconvenient parenting, I liked the, the title sacrificial parenting better. It sounded more spiritual and holy, <laughs> but it it's really the idea of being willing to to do the hard, messy, difficult things in the short term for the long term benefit of our kids, and and changing our perspective of parenting in general. That it's it is only for a very short season, but it's so good if we're seeking the Lord and we're doing it in His will and His way. It is inconvenient, but it's so worth it. Melissa Hannigan, I'm not surprised that the 12 geniuses just kind of landed with you as you have your master's, uh, uh, your master of arts degree in counseling from Midwestern Theological Seminary and thinking about the messiness of life. And then you've made a statement that our families should be like little churches and, and just stewarding what the opportunity we have of parenting. That is so difficult when you have kind of been hit out of left field with taking care of this child. Now they are completely dependent on you, like Steve, you said. How do we start to kind of pull it back and get it down to brass tacks? Where do we start? Yeah, that's it's hard. It's not easy. And and I don't write this book from a place of arriving. I'm not an expert parent by any means. I'm still in the trenches too. But I did want to share with parents the importance of Really, it's shifting our perspective. It's slowing down to really think about what is the purpose of parenting. And and the reason that I say we're like little churches, because I think in God's original design for the family, that was his goal for the mom and the dad to disciple their children and as a family to function in a way that glorifies the Lord. But it starts with the mom and the dad 
being on the same page and slowing down and really seeking the Lord for his direction for their children. You know, when my first baby was born, I had this idea of the way that he should be. And I parented him towards that expectation, but I put a lot of unnecessary stress on myself and on him. But through the Lord's guidance, I was able to really see Joey through God's eyes instead of through my faulty mom eyes, you know? And we're all guilty of that. We all want to see our kids a certain way. But when we slow down and we spend time with the Lord, we realize that he knows far better than we ever could. He created our kids and us, and he put us together for a purpose. And so our job is to spend time with him and allow him to direct our thoughts and our parenting towards our children. All right. So as you have done that, and as you have decided to go ahead and embrace the inconvenience, the mess, and the stuff that comes along with doing all of that, how have you seen that impact your kids? How have you seen that impact your family? Yeah, we, we were so I write about in the book a season where we lived in another city where life was to the world standards good. We had the big house the nanny, the housekeeper. We had the expensive, you know, unlimited credit cards at the at the department stores. Like to the world standards, we had it all. But our family was crumbling. We weren't spending time together. We weren't intentional with our conversations and with our time. And I, I, I share about how I started praying. I knew in my heart that this was not what God wanted for our family. And so I prayed a very dangerous prayer. I said, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes to get us to be the way that you want us to be. And so the way that God does in some pretty dramatic ways, he did. He took us away from that place of abundance to the world standards and stripped things away that didn't matter. But it, in place of that, God gave us so much more richer, meaningful relationships in our home. We started having time to have dinner as a family. We started being able to prioritize conversations and projects and just experiences not we didn't have the money to do expensive things but we had time and that was so much more valuable well we are uh, talking with melissa hannigan uh, this morning she is a homeschooling mom and author of inconvenient parenting activate your child's god-given traits and we're going to come back and talk about some of those traits coming up in just a few moments you want to connect with her well we'll uh, do that through the facebook page on facebook you're just looking for don and steve in the morning Author Melissa Hannigan is with us. She's written Inconvenient Parenting, Activate Your Child's God-Given Traits. And Melissa, I want to jump back to something you said a few minutes ago. You talked about the fact that you were introduced to these 12 traits, but we never talked about what they are. So what are these 12 things that uh, you were introduced to? And, and how did that, as you learned about them, affect the way that you kind of looked at parenting? Yeah. So um, I, I guess I could just go through the list real fast. It's a lot. So I don't want to be overwhelming, but wisdom, wonder, vitality, sensitivity, flexibility, curiosity, creativity, imagination, inventiveness, playfulness, humor, and joy. And the, the, the researcher was actually uh, geared towards education. He was writing for teachers things to infuse in the classroom to help their students reach their maximum potential. I was a homeschool mom, and so I thought, well, yeah, I want my kids to be, you know, not genius, IQ genius, but to reach their potential. But as I studied these traits, I realized that they were gifts that God had placed in our children from the very beginning. And the more I researched, the more I was convinced things like creativity, that our babies are born naturally creative. It made in the image of the creator, God. And 
unfortunately, so much research shows that as our kids develop and age, their creativity diminishes. And it's not because it just magically goes away. It's because we as parents and as culture, we deprioritize those things for things that we think are that are more important, memorizing facts, you know, being able to sit still in a classroom. And so I thought, well, I have the opportunity to let my kids kind of flourish in some of these areas and steward them well. And so I started to allow for more creativity in my home, allow for more inventiveness. I share stories about my oldest uh, was doing an experiment with the microwave and, and unfortunately the microwave broke, but it was a good opportunity for him to learn, to earn money, to replace it, but also just the, the, the cause and effect of creating and inventing and problem solving in ways that are unexpected. And so I really fell in love with these 12 things and things that you don't think about in geniuses humor, playfulness, you know, again, things that our kids naturally have that we sometimes see as annoyances, honestly. And I share about how playfulness is not one of my strengths, but my husband is very playful. And for a long time, I saw it as a frustration. Honestly, I'm trying to get bedtime. I'm a very type A mom and he's, you know, being silly and getting the kids riled up and I would get so frustrated. But as I was studying and reading and really researching for this book, I I had a perspective change. I'm like, wow, his playfulness is a gift from the Lord. It brings fun. It brings joy into our home that we would be missing if I didn't make time for it. So I, I write about one example where we're in the kitchen and he playfully turns the faucet around. So when I turn it on, it sprays me in the face. And in that moment of cold water in the face, I had a choice. Was I going to get frustrated and irritated or was I going to play along? And so I chose that day to turn it around and spray back at him. And it turned into this family water fight that was so chaotic, but so much fun. And we were laughing. And of course, we all had to clean up. You know, there are boundaries and we still have to be responsible, but it was so much fun. And it's a memory that my kids will have forever. And so you know, the concept of inconvenient parenting, it's its in those moments choosing to, to lean into these qualities because in the long run, it's so valuable. Melissa, you have hit the nail on the head in choosing to lean into these qualities. I can hear in my own parenting head and maybe in some others, this inconvenience that we're not really willing to press into. It, it's just, it, it, I don't have time to clean up after the water fight. I've got to do this. I remember one time walking out of the house, I had just spilt a gallon of milk. It tipped over. I was on my way at a Bible study and I looked at it and thought, well, it'll be here when we get back. And I left <laughs> and I went to Bible study <laughs> and it was, turns out I got home. Yeah. There was that milk all over the floor. Clean it up then. It, are these yeah. the kinds of things that we need to to realize that, okay, in the scheme of things, stepping back, letting our kids be who God's created to be, that's what we really need to focus on and not just, I mean, you're a type A mom. How in the world is the Lord working at, that out in you? Well, he definitely has, has changed me in a lot of ways for the good. You know, I've had to lay down my preferences and comforts because it wasn't serving my family. But that's not to say that we still don't have some structure and and boundaries. And, you know, it's not a free for all in our home, but it is a shift in perspective and choosing like, yeah, like you said, what what matters in the big 
scheme of things. And it's, listen, I don't write this saying that I do it all perfectly all the time because my kids will be the first to tell you that there are a lot of times that I don't choose the playful way. I don't choose, you know, to encourage the conversations when it's late at night and I'm ready for bed. But thanks be to the Lord that he has convicted me to say yes more often. And that's my my whole hope in this is sharing with parents is not to put more burden and guilt and shame on the parents because the world does enough of that, right? We are already laden with feeling like it's overwhelming. But it's I want parents to be free to go, let me just lean into the Lord and have him open my eyes to my specific child. And I think that's the biggest change, seeing our kids the way God created them and not the way that we want them to be was huge for me. And, and even for my marriage, like I said, with my husband, seeing him in the unique way that God made him gives him the freedom to be himself and me not to feel so stressed trying to put him into a box that I think he should fit into. And that's made all the difference for our family. I can imagine it's a game changer, and it's good to hear you say that and share with us about inconvenient parenting. Activate your child's God-given traits. It's Melissa Hannigan with us. Conversation continuing here in just a few moments. Melissa Hannigan is helping us look and discover how inconvenient parenting is as if we kind of didn't know, but it's beyond that, Melissa, as you help us get kind of uh, past what we might think is just a hot mess. <laughs> we don't know how to bring some redemption through this. And life is such a crazy thing right now. Social media, online presence, all the things that are speaking and discipling our kids. But let's go back to how we were raised. You mentioned something a moment ago that, you know, our uh, that we had ideas, we have ideas for our kids. And I thought back to my parents. My parents had ideas of the way I should be. So coming into parenting, I'm already being challenged by that. That's the way I was raised. So now I have ideas for my kids and thinking about their creativity and their imagination and inventiveness and curiosity. That is a little foreign to me. So I kind of feel like I'm operating with a disability, if you will, coming into parenting to their strengths and the way God has created them. So how do, if I first recognize this, how do I kind of get beyond that to let them be who God's created them to be? Yeah, that's, it's hard. You know, we, we parent from our experiences with our own parents. Um, And I feel like I just keep saying the same thing, but honestly, the truth is starting with the Lord because he knows us. He knows our past. He knows our present and he knows the future of us and our children. And so being very intentional about seeking the Lord's guidance and discernment and letting him grow us. You know, I feel like I read something the other day. It said, you know, your firstborn child grows up with you. Your your youngest child, you parent. And it's really true. I was, I wasn't raised in a stereotypical Christian home. I didn't start really going to church until I was in high school and college. And so I was figuring out how to walk with the Lord myself as I'm parenting my child. And and so in that maturation process, obviously I was a different mom for my first than I am for my fourth child. But God is so faithful and he's so good. And and he fills in the gap for our kids where we fall short because we're never going to be the perfect parent. Jesus is the only perfect human that ever walked the earth. And, and that's one of those experiences that I had growing up that 
perfection was attainable. <laughs> and that's very unrealistic. And so the Lord had to, to sh shape that out of me, to, to open my eyes to truth and to the Holy Spirit to do the work inside of me. So my advice for any parent that is trying to start off on this path is start with the Lord, spend time with him, get into the word, pray over your children regularly. And again, it feels like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for that. But I, I promise you, when we make time for those things, we have time for all the other things. But when we try, when we try to put the spending time with the Lord secondary, we don't have time for any of the things that we want to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of shows what we prioritize. And one of the things that as we uh, parent our kids, we kind of learn what we prioritize, efficiency and productivity or the creativity and the, the fun like you were talking about. And I think one of the tensions that sometimes we can face as a parent is saying, I hear you, Melissa, saying, go all in with some of those other things, even if it's uncomfortable and inconvenient for you. And then I can hear another voice that says, you're making the kid the center of your world right now. Right. We already live in this uh, culture that is making the kids the center of our world right now. Parents aren't being parents anymore. And just look at what that's happening. And so I can hear <laughs> those two voices colliding in my head uh, right yes, now. Yes. And how do you navigate the, the tension of that? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And that's a conversation that John, my husband, and I have had throughout this process of, of prioritizing and convenient parenting, but making sure that our, our children are at the center of the world. And it's it's hard. It's really difficult. One of the chapters I talk about sensitivity and and helping our kids to be tuned into other people's emotions, into their own emotions. And it's a lot of conversation, but one of my daughters in particular really struggles with anxiety and overwhelming in loud environments. And, and so for a season, she refused to go to movie theaters. Like it was terrifying for her to go into a movie theater. I don't fully understand it. And at first when she was probably four or five, six, my husband was just be like, well, she just needs to suck it up and do it. But as a mental health counselor, I knew that it was not helping her. And, and I would try to follow along and say, okay, let's try it. And she, it was just not good. And so we together realized that maybe we should just kind of give her some time to, to back off of having to do the movie theater. Now, obviously there are things that she has to do. She has no choice. Taking medicine when she's sick, doing her schoolwork. But going to a movie is not one of those pills to die on right yeah. and so and so we we really struggled with how do we know which which way to lean and again it goes back to discernment from the lord and being and talking with your spouse and you're not going to do it right every time and you're going to realize oh wait maybe we are leaning towards the putting them at the center of the world we need to pull back from that but it's just i don't know it's having awareness and seeking god's discernment and doing the best you can with what you have. I love that you keep bringing it back to seeking the Lord and prayer and uh, asking him what to do. Melissa Hannigan with us, a degree in counseling and author of Inconvenient Parenting, Activate Your Child's God-Given Traits. And we're going to continue the conversation with Melissa. Coming up in just a few moments, you got a question or comment, feel free to text in this morning, 800-555-7898.
Spending time with the Lord is the way we start unraveling the inconvenience of parenting. And we also use resources like what Melissa Hannigan has written, Inconvenient Parenting. Activate your child's God-given traits. God has given us the ability to have wisdom, wisdom from him. Now, there are other definitions of wisdom. And Melissa, as you did research for this book and looking at these 12 geniuses that were penned by someone who does not know the Lord, you saw God's divine creativity and plan for children and said, hey, let's look at what we need to do. Kind of help us as parents see how important wisdom is and how to impart it with the, to the kids. Yeah, so I chose wisdom as the first quality to tackle because I believe it's foundational. Uh, Dr. Armstrong, he talks about wisdom as the way to apply information, which is important. We want our kids to understand how to take in information and then how to apply it. But I believe as a you know Christian that wisdom ultimately comes from the Lord. It, there's human wisdom, which is important. We want our kids to understand how to function, but also way more important than that is God's wisdom and understanding how to discern truth from almost truth. And in today's culture, that is so important because social media, you know, television friends, they can say things that sound believable. They sound like it could be scriptural. And if our kids don't know God's word, they're not going to know how to discern. And so I would argue it starts with the parents. It starts with us having biblical wisdom, us demonstrating the importance of elevating God's word as the foundational source of truth for our homes and our kids seeing that right? And then participating in studying God's word with us as much as possible. I'm thankful that, you know, we homeschool. And so studying God's word is part of our curriculum, if you will. It's part of our everyday. And I'm so passionate about studying God's word because I wasn't raised to understand how to do that. And so even I went through seminary, which was a fantastic experience, but it was more learning for the sake of school, right? And taking tests. But when I really learned to rely on the text alone and commentaries, but to really study God's word for myself, it opened my eyes to so much truth and and God's word. Um, And so I want to teach my kids how to do that, right? Yep. Yeah, and and as you do that as a homeschool parent, that is going to create all sorts of opportunities for you to have all sorts of conversations and questions. And sometimes some kind of awkward questions and some uncomfortable conversations. And I would imagine if you're going to embrace these 12 traits, you've kind of had to learn how to navigate some of the awkward. Oh, for sure. You know, in the chapter on curiosity, I talk about that. Um, In one particular awkward conversation where we're at the playground, we had been studying human sexuality at home, reproduction and very like elementary level. Um, And my daughter out of the blues says, mom, how can two mommies have a baby? Now, in that moment, I had so many thoughts going through my head. Like, how did you, where did that question come from? What made you think that? Like, and my flesh wanted to go, don't ask that. Like, just stop. But I knew that it was so important. I want my kids to come to me with their awkward questions. I want whatever comes to their mind for them to bring to me as a safe place. And I know that if I don't continue to encourage that when they're young, it's definitely going to stop when they're older. And so 
I bent down and I said, that's a really great question. But remember how we talked about there are some things that mommies and daddies talk with their kids in private. You know, I had to preemptively tell them as we were studying human reproduction, don't go to your Sunday school class and share with your friends all the things that mommy just taught you, because that's a conversation for mommies and daddies to have with their own children. And so I just reminded her like, hey, we're at a playground. There's lots of other kids. We're not going to have that conversation right here. But I'm so glad that you asked me and we will circle back to that when we get home. And, you know, again, part of me was like, oh, gosh, I hope she forgets. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation. But I chose to do the harder thing. And we did have that conversation. And we talked about God's design for families, human reproduction, medical interventions, you know, as best I could to an elementary child, I answered her questions because it's so important that they know that we are a source of information, not the internet, not their friends. Mm-hmm. And internet is a whole nother deal. And as you said, life is difficult and it is getting more and more difficult as we await the Savior's return. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, we have work to do. And it's not just inconvenient parenting. We want to activate your child's God-given traits. Great conversation with Melissa Hannigan, the author of this book. We'll get it linked up to our Facebook page so that you can see what this resource is all about as well. Melissa, we're grateful for your time today and for your heart for the family to be honoring and learning about the Lord. It's Don and Steve in the morning.